Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to have a fantastic episode for you today talking to Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins as the Chiefs take on the Dolphins in Germany on Sunday. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. And we are back for another crossover episode we are talking with Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. So this is going to be a fantastic show. The Chiefs and the Dolphins are playing in Germany. There is a lot to talk about in this episode. We are brought to you today by Prize Picks. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the most easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Kyle. This game is going to be awfully early in the morning, a little bit earlier oh, for yeah. me than it is for you. But uh, how much are you looking forward to this one in Germany? Um, I'm glad it's not an arrowhead. I'll say that. I will, will more than happily profess that when the schedule came out and they said, yeah, you're going to play the Chiefs away, but it's uh international game. It was kind of the collective. Man, because we got some tough road games on this schedule this year. And, and to avoid arrowhead, uh, at least this time around, who knows? Maybe we see each other a little later down in the season, and who knows that this game very well likely could determine where a game like that hypothetically could be played because uh, there's big-picture conference perspective here. But uh, I'm excited to get it done early on Sunday. There's nothing worse than I'm just coming off of a couple weeks ago doing Sunday night football and waiting all day. I'll take the 9.30 kick any day of the week over an 8.30 p.m. kick and having to stay up and then do a podcast afterwards. That's the toughest part about what we do. It is because you have to try to have the energy at midnight. Right. And that isn't always easy to do, especially if the game gets your energy spent in uh, ways because you're cussing at the TV or well, I'm sure you probably <laughs> never do that. But yeah, no, never, never. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this right now. What is the biggest story for the Miami Dolphins heading into this game? Uh, I think the thing to watch for Miami is player availability. Uh, it's some key spots along the offensive line and in the secondary. They've they've been very strategic this year. And the Dolphins last year uh, kind of ran out of gas from a personnel perspective late in the season. They had injuries that really piled up. You get week 15, 16, 17, and, and guys were down because they were playing through injuries all season long. You've kind of seen a different ideology with, with them thus far this season where Xavier Howard didn't play the last two weeks. He told everybody ahead of Sunday night football against the Eagles in week seven. Yeah, I'm good to go. I'm going to play on Sunday. Well, he had a groin injury and he didn't play and he didn't just play against the Eagles. He didn't play against Patriots last week either. And you've got so, some offensive linemen that are banged up. Connor Williams has had a groin injury himself that he first suffered uh, against the Denver Broncos in week three. He missed week four, was back for week five and has not played since he re-aggravated it. And they have been very deliberate talking about, we want to make sure that there's not long-term implications for our talent and our players. Well, now it's week nine. You get a bye week after this. It's a conference game. Connor Williams, Mike McDaniel came out on Wednesday during his press availability and said he expects him to play in this game. Uh, Teron Armstead has been on IR since after week four. He's practicing. The, the window is open. He was limited in practice with, with the knee injury that he suffered against Buffalo in week four. So does he play in this game? Uh, Xavier Howard, who we already mentioned, Javon Holland's coming out of concussion protocol. He missed the game against the Patriots in week eight. So you got Jalen Ramsey back last week after the, the meniscus repair that he had. So Miami, it feels like they're going to have an opportunity here to now make a decision and say, okay, it's one game, high stakes, AFC conference. 
we'll let some of these guys that we've been overly conservative with off the leash and go play because we know we have the bye week coming off of it uh, off of this game to try to have all hands on deck to win the football game. I think that's the biggest thing for the Dolphins coming into this one. Well, and you look at, you know, Teron Armstead, that's a big question mark for me. And I understand, you know, you said he's limited. When I look at that, I'm like, okay, well, if they don't have him fully practice at some point this week, do they at least, do they continue to, you know, think about letting him play and activate him to play in this game on Sunday? Uh, knowing that they have a bye week, they can give him two more weeks to basically get mm-hmm. healthy. Uh, and that's going to be a need for you long-term at left tackle. But you also feel like you would need him in this game against the Chiefs because you're going up against a team that has a, a pretty decent pass rush. Uh, so I can understand there's a lot of different questions and a lot of moving pieces here. Seems like the, the Dolphins are getting a lot healthier while the Chiefs are actually losing players, it seems. Uh, you know, Willie Gay missed practice. He's probably, I would assume, not going to play this week, but we'll see how that ends up. Uh, the biggest storyline for Kansas City right now, though, is losing to the Denver Broncos. It's a question of what team are you going to get? This is the Jekyll and Hyde team, and I really can't tell you what team is going to show up on Sunday. Look at what they did to the Chargers two weeks ago, uh, and they beat them 31-17, and and the game really didn't really even feel that close. Uh, And now you're in a situation where you lose to the Denver Broncos. You cannot even score a touchdown against the team that you beat 16 times in a row. Now, obviously, it gets a little bit harder every single time you play a team, but it's one of those things where they just looked out of sync the entire game. Patrick Mahomes did have the flu, so that explains a little bit of it. But overall, the offense was just out of sync. They couldn't get anything going. And you can't turn the ball over five times and try to be anybody in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I know we talked a little bit in the pre-show, had a chance to watch the game. And, you know, just the the five turnovers that you mentioned, uh, so out of characteristic for Andy Reid, too, with the precision. And looking at this team, you know, the, the five turnovers aside, they, they've had a pretty reasonable amount of turnovers in the, the first chapter of the season anyway. And you think about the youth that they have at wide receiver. I'm sure at some point we'll talk about Tyreek Hill against his old team and that storyline. Uh, but I guess my, my biggest question for you is, um, aside of Travis Kelsey, who's been that player that Pat's been able to kind of show some trust in? So if they need to get something started, and it maybe it didn't happen against Denver, but thus far this season, who's been that other guy? Because I know Juju Smith-Schuster departed, and they've kind of had some personnel changes at wide receiver. It's a great question, and I don't know that I have a great answer for you. I mean, they've been using Rasheed Rice a lot more. He's been getting more snaps. He's been getting more targets. Uh, but when you start looking at does he actually trust him, I mean, you know, it looked like Rasheed Rice got past his drop issue that he was having earlier in the season, and then – you know, going up against Denver, he's got a wide open pathway in the middle of the field and he drops an easy ball right that was right in his chest. So, you know, is that going to continue to have Mahomes give you more trust? I don't know if that that's really going to end up being the case. So we'll see how that ends up. But at this point, it's one of those things where I don't know that he really has somebody outside of Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, you can look at MBS, you can look at Sky Moore, you can look at Kadarius Tony. Uh, all three of those guys aren't really getting a ton of you know, targets. And then you look at a guy like Justin Watson who comes in and maybe gets two or three targets a game, but it's, you know, usually 25, 26 yards down the field and it's looking for big plays. Uh, But it doesn't really seem like he has somebody that he trusts outside of Travis Kelsey right now. Uh, Although if I was to pick one, it'd probably be Rasheed Rice. And the other, just the other big talking point going into this game before we kind of get into some of the the individual matchups, because I think there's a lot of fascinating opportunities for both teams on either side of the ball. Uh, is Miami coming into this game with the six and two record? 
you'll hear a bunch of the networks talking about Miami and big game situations. You really look at how they've performed uh, since the Mike McDaniel era started in 2022. Probably their their hallmark win right now was the week three 2022 uh, comeback or week two victory over the Baltimore Ravens, where they scored 42 points, came back from a 21 point fourth quarter deficit. And then the following week at home, they beat the Bills 21-19. So that's it's been a while since you've beaten top of the conference type opponents. And at some point, Miami's got to do it. And, you know, Mike McDaniel out of the Sunday night football game where they played in Philadelphia uh, talked about that environment being a really helpful learning tool for this young team that has not been there, done that like Kansas City has performing on the national stage, competing for championships annually for for seemingly the last five years now. Uh, That's not really Miami's DNA just yet, but they have a really young nucleus. Uh, They've added a couple guys between Tyree Kill and now Jalen Ramsey who have been there, done that, and it'll be interesting to see how those guys, especially getting them both on the field for the first time in one of these big game settings, kind of sets the stage for Miami to uh, see how ready they are to play this team. I know the Chiefs obviously coming off the loss to the Broncos, it's it's you feel like you're in a, a valley versus a peak if you're Kansas City, I'm sure. But uh, for the Dolphins, it's a, a prime opportunity. And they, they went out on Monday and they got out there uh, for this international game. They're they're practicing there all week. Uh, and, and you could kind of feel that they're chomping at the bit for another crack at a, a good opponent. Well, I know Kansas City's going to be chomping at the bit, trying to get the bitter taste out of losing to the Broncos out of their mouth. Uh, that's definitely something that they don't want to be hanging on to for very long at all. And this is going to be a fantastic game. You have two of the offenses that have scored the most points in the NFL. Obviously, Miami's offense has been better than the Chiefs uh, for the most part this season. Uh, but you're going up again. You have two quarterbacks that are playing very well, and you have really the biggest injury that I see that you guys have that would be a difference maker in this game offensively is you don't have H.A. Uh, are you going to have Mostert? That's going to be a question. Uh, it didn't look like he practiced from what I saw, or maybe he was limited. I, I thought he was out though. He didn't did not practice on Wednesday yet. Okay, yeah. So I mean, you know, two of your top running backs is going to be out. A chain's obviously out, but uh, that, you know, taking a lot of that speed off the field. But you still have Tyree Kill, you still have Jalen Waddle, so you got to feel pretty good about that. But we're going to talk about matchups here in just a moment. Uh, but I'm going to let Kyle tell you about one of our newest sponsors. Yeah, there is absolutely zero reason for you, even if. It's a 9.30 Eastern Standard Time kickoff to root for your favorite team on an empty stomach. That's why you have to tap in with DoorDash, one of our partners here on the Locked On Network. And, you know, there's no tailgating opportunities this week. Maybe, you know, maybe your neighborhood does a tailgate for the game. But uh, I know for those Miami locals, if you are uh, chomping at the bit for uh, a good start to your day or, or perhaps you get done the Dolphins game and you want to have lunch ready to go, you know, as this game gets into the second half, you can use DoorDash to order everything from pizza, wings, from your local restaurants. I love Pierre's Caribbean, uh, so that'll probably be lunch, uh, the next opportunity I have to order with DoorDash. Uh, but also all of your grocery opportunities as well. So the next time that the Dolphins or the Chiefs are at home, you can get all your tailgate essentials via DoorDash as well. And you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. That's LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change and terms to apply. 
All right, so let's hop into the matchups. And and what is the biggest matchup that you see going into this game? Uh, I'm really interested to see how the Dolphins choose to defend Travis Kelsey, uh, where you have a bunch of different schools of thoughts and ideologies that you've seen try, teams try to use uh, to give the extra attention his way that that he deserves and warrants with how good of a football player he is. Uh, do you do what the Chargers have tried to do with Derwin James at times and take Jalen Ramsey, who's now back, and try to match him in coverage at times uh, because he he is a longer player, he's a more physical player, he's not as physical as Derwin James, uh, but he's obviously an alpha coverage option for you. Now, that's not really something Vic Fangio has done thus far this season. It would be a, a very vast departure from what they've tried to do as far as playing matchups. Uh, they are a lot of quarters. They are a lot of cover six. Uh, they are a lot of cover three. So they like to play predominantly zone. And in that case, you've got a left corner, a right corner, and a nickel. And that's kind of how their defensive structure has worked. So to come out and say, we're going to plaster 87 with Jalen Ramsey, that'd be something far off the reservation of what they've done. But it, it's really interesting to think about do you do that because you're you're probably going to have Xavier Howard back and now you also have Jalen Ramsey in the fray having those two guys on the field for the first time this season or do you just throw bodies at it and say hey the wide receivers you know nobody's really emerged from their wide receiver core so we're going to take our chances with Ramsey and Howard on the outside and then just put the extra attention to 87 with all the other bodies in the middle of the field yeah it's gonna be fascinating to watch I'm really curious to see what Miami does in that aspect I will say uh, when Kelsey faced Jalen Ram- Ramsey a couple of years when he was at the Rams, uh, he had his way with him a couple of times. Uh, obviously, it goes both ways. Uh, so you're going to have to see how that turns out this this time around. Kelsey's probably lost a step since they played against the Rams a couple of years ago. The other fascinating thing when you look at this matchup is you're talking about Vic Fangio, who went and helped the Philadelphia Eagles try to stop the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and then went to Miami. Right. Uh, so I'm curious as to see what he learned from that game as to how to try to stop this team. Uh, you know, you look at the different matchups, and one of the things I will tell you, Kansas City's offense has struggled against zone, so that's not something that's going to play into their advantage here. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, they continue to do with Chris Jones and Charles Aminihue against you know whoever is playing your left tackle. If it's if it aren't if your left tackle's back, that isn't going to be a good matchup there. If he's not back, that could be a problem. Uh, for Miami, and, and that's really one of the things that I think has been fascinating about what Spagnuolo has done, and when you look at, at what their defensive line coach has been doing in Joe Cullen, using Chris Jones, using you know Charles Minnehue, using Mike Dana, and, and all those guys going up against the defensive line and really moving them around. George Koloftis is another one, trying to get one-on-one matchups going against the offensive line. Uh, the coverage has been pretty good for Kansas City, so that's going to be something that will definitely have to be watched as well. Uh, but right now I'm really curious just to see how this defensive line is going to go up against that offensive line. If they get to two, I think that really helps the Chiefs' chances. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, I have had a chance to see enough Kansas City to completely admire what Spagnolo has done this season. I think that defense is, is playing well. Obviously, they're uh, second in the league in scoring defense at 16 points per game, and um, I do think the fascinating element here when Kansas city is on the field defensively, as you mentioned the injury to Willie Gay and and kind of his status being up in the air, Nick Bolton with the wrist injury, Miami loves to eat the middle of the field. So the question is, are are you going to try to man these guys up with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, or are you going to play zone? I know they're pretty diverse with what they do in coverage, 
But if it is, if the answer is zone, then the stress is going to be on Leo Chenal and uh, signed from Los Angeles. Uh, Drew Tranquil. Tranquil. Yeah, Drew, Drew, the, those two guys will be the stress points for Miami. Now, they'll have to run the ball to successfully kind of occupy those guys and create those intermediate voids over the middle of the field that they love to hit so much, but obviously not ideal for Kansas City, but they can mitigate that if they feel like they have the opportunity to play physical on the outside and play man-to-man with them and not put so much stress on, on the zone coverage in the middle of the field. Yeah, it's going to be curious. Uh, Tranquil, that's going to be a fascinating matchup, and they're going to definitely miss Nick Bolton. Uh, but, you know, you talk about Leah Chanel. I'm not so sure it's going to be Chanel. It could be Jack Cochran. It could be uh, Darius Harris. Uh, Chanel has been the guy that's been playing mostly as one of their outside linebackers when they are in their base. I don't think yeah. that they're going to use him as one of their, you know, two down linebackers. Or when you have two linebackers on the field, I think that's probably going to be somebody else just based on skill set. He's not really a coverage guy. Uh, so I would think he'd probably go with Cochran and maybe Darius Harris, who they just signed from the Raiders, but he was in Kansas City, so he knows the system. Uh, when you start looking at you know the matchups and you start talking about how they're going to match up with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, I'm really curious to see what they do with Jerry Sneed. They've had Sneed travel with some wide receivers. Are they going to do that this week with Tyree Kill? Or are they going to match him up with, with Jalen Waddle and have him travel with Jalen Waddle? Uh, that's going to be something that's going to be fascinating. Trent McDuffie's probably the best corner in Kansas City, uh, even though Jalen, or I'm sorry, even though Jerry Sneed is getting a lot of credit as well, and he should, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, but he's been playing mainly nickel, and I would imagine that's probably going to continue to be the case this week. Another matchup that I'm I'm looking forward to is the Dolphins' defensive line of their own against Kansas City, where I know there's been some a transition at offensive tackle with Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley leaving this past offseason and and having Jawan Taylor get signed to a big contract extension or a big contract to come over there for, from Jacksonville and uh, Donovan Smith serving as the other offensive tackle. And the Dolphins got Jalen Phillips back without a snap count last week against New England. He'd missed a little bit of time with a lower back injury or an oblique injury. Bradley Chubb has turned in probably the best three games he's played as a member of the Miami Dolphins since he was acquired at the trade deadline last year. Uh, the last three weeks, he's really turned it on. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle was a rotational guy who stepped up big time early in the season when Phillips went down against the New England Patriots. He was all over the field. Uh, so they, they have some speed. They have some size. They have different guys that can attack you in different ways. And that interior trio for Kansas City is about as good of a group as it gets in the league, right? And that that they can really move you. They got a lot of talent, um, but it's the tackle position for me, where especially when Kansas City was a little out of sync last week against Denver, and you saw some of their long athletic guys that kind of got pat off his spot pretty early and had to try to create outside of structure. If Miami can create some of that same success, uh, I think that goes a long way in, in them achieving what their hopes are of, as far as limiting Kansas City to a point total that uh, Miami could potentially win this football game. It's funny you mentioned getting Pat off his spot and getting him outside the, the framework of the play and outside the pocket. Uh, usually in the past, that's actually where he's, he's thrived. And this season, he doesn't seem to have that same – uh, ability uh, to this point, he doesn't seem to be on the same page with the wide receivers, and I think that's part of it. Uh, you make a great point, though. The tackles are going to be a big question mark going into this game, uh, and one of the biggest reasons they're going to be a big question mark is because Kansas City likes to leave them on an island. Uh, 
there is times when they will help the tackles at times uh, if they get consistently beat throughout a game. But generally speaking, the tackles are on an island most of the game until they are getting consistently beat. Uh, Donovan Smith had one of his best games last week against the Denver Broncos, even though he did allow a sack. Uh, when you go back and you, you watch some of it, he was giving Mahomes time, but Mahomes is coming off a spot a little early at times as well. So that's going to be a fascinating matchup to see how Miami's defense goes against this this team. The other thing that I'm really going to be intrigued about is what is what do the Chiefs wide receivers do? And I wish I could really throw out one name, but it's it's all of them. Uh, they don't really have a guy that specifically you call their number one receiver. I mean, Rasheed Rice, like I said earlier, is a guy that is going to get most of the targets probably at the wide receiver position. Uh, but, you know, you have Sky Moore, you have MVS, you have Kadarius Tony. You could have a guy, uh, you could be bringing back a wide receiver from injured reserve this week, which I don't really know that you really need to do, but they got to figure out what they're going to do at wide receiver and how they're going to attack the, the Miami secondary because they have to be able to give Pat time to throw and give Pat targets. And that's going to be a big key in this game because they've got to be able to put up points. Uh, the defense has been playing fantastic and has only allowed one team over 20 points this season in the Denver Broncos. And we both know that the Broncos offense isn't near what the Miami offense is. And it looks like you guys are finally starting to be healthy. Yeah, it, it, the, the health component, uh, don't ask me my confidence level uh, for up front until probably 90 minutes before kickoff when the inactives come out. It'd be, be the first time you really get a gauge on who's going to go and who doesn't. Fair enough, but that is definitely something we're going to be watching and trying to see how that plays out for the Dolphins. But I want to tell you about our friends over at Price Picks. If you haven't checked out Price Picks yet, you need to. Price Picks is absolutely one of the funnest ways to play fantasy sports. You pick two to six players and you decide who you want to pick in different games. It could be Travis Kelsey. It could be you know Tyree Kill. It could be Jalen Waddle. It could be Patrick Mahomes. Lots of different picks that you can go with. Uh, do you want to go with Joe Burrow for more than two passing touchdowns and Travis Kelsey for more than 75 receiving yards? I think that would be a pretty good pick. Uh, generally speaking, the way that this season has played out so far, uh, you could also look at Jamar Chase for more than 75 receiving yards and Josh Allen for more than two passing touchdowns. Another possible pick that would probably play out pretty well this week. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code Locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Kyle. Now let's get into the fun part of it. What yep. do the Dolphins have to do to win this game? I'll take the low hanging fruit. Uh, and say if they win the turnover battle, I think this is one of the uh, most essential opportunities for them to do that. And the Dolphins really have have not had a lot of success with the turnover battle this season. They um, they lost it against the Patriots. They ironically won it against the Eagles and lost by two touchdowns after a late late touchdown drive that made that one score game a two score game with about five minutes left. And they lost the turnover battle each of the, the previous three weeks before that. And they went two and one in that stretch. So they have had 
just as many games this season with zero turnovers as they had with one turnover defensively. And you'd like to think Jalen Ramsey comes back. He has the interception of Mac Jones. You're getting Xavier Howard back. Like, how are you going to distribute the targets? If you're going to crowd the middle of the field and play with, with guys on the islands, on the outside, more bodies around the football. But you have to steal possessions, uh, especially against elite quarterbacks. And they really have not done that with a level of consistency this year. Now, they, they faced Jalen Hurts and had a fourth and four on the 40-yard line and an opportunity to get off the field. And Hurts gets outside the pocket and gets outside of structure and hits A.J. Brown down to the one-yard line for a back-breaking play that leads to a touchdown to break the game into a two-score game for Philly in the first half. So uh, winning outside of structure, you know, getting Pat Mahomes on the ground, and winning the turnover battle are, I think, two things that you can't breathe second life into this Kansas City team because Miami, you know, they only have one game this season where they haven't turned the ball over at least once, and that was the Denver game. You know, they, they, they operate with a lot of volume. They operate with a lot of complexity. They operate with a lot of nuance, but that uh, at times leads to errors that turn the ball over, and you have to have the ball bounce your way in that component when both teams have the ball, if you're going to win this game against Kansas City? It's low-hanging fruit, but I can't disagree with you at all. I mean, I think that that's exactly where Kansas City has to be as well. I mean, you look at the way that they played it in different games this year, and they just keep turning the ball over. And when you turn over the ball on a regular basis, you're not going to win games. And that has come back to haunt them multiple times. And, you know, you, you're looking at a situation last week where it's a one-score game. Kansas City holds Denver – uh, to a fourth down, and they punt from inside their own. You pass their own 50 and inside Kansas City territory, they punt, and the punt returner fumbles the ball, and it goes right back to Denver, and they score a touchdown. That is backbreaking not only for your you know, team in general, but especially for your defense. Your defense went out there. They did their job. They slowed them down, and you let them get you know the ball on the 10-yard line, and generally speaking, you're going to allow a touchdown in that scenario, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, the biggest thing for Kansas City in this game, obviously, turnover battle, but it's also making sure the, the Dolphins are, you know, having to drive long fields. Granted, speed kills, and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle have plenty, and they've scored plenty of long touchdowns. But the consistency of the defense to get stops, if they have, you know, 60, 70 yards for the offense to go, goes way up for this Chiefs defense because they find ways to get stops at different times. They can find a way to get three or four plays in a row to slow a team down if they have the opportunity to force them to go long distances. Uh, the other part of it is, you know, Kansas City's, their offense has to get going. They have to be able to score touchdowns in the red zone. They're horrible this year. It's like, I think 50% of the time they've scored a touchdown in the red zone uh, when they were leading the league last year, closer to 70%. Uh, they are just not getting it done. So if they are able to put the ball in the end zone when they get in the red zone, uh, you know, 60, 70% of the time this week, uh, maybe even 80% of the time, and then they win the turnover battle. I think Kansas City can win. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that Miami is 28th in the league uh, in defensive red zone uh, success rate. 65% of, the, of trips into the red zone have yielded uh, touchdowns for opposing teams. Uh, but Miami is 74% <laughs> offensively, so they're, they're the number one team in the red zone. So this very well, and Vic Fangio is a bend, don't break, right? There's times yep. where they'll, they'll give you yards. And we're going to say, if we can hold you to two possessions where you get down inside the red area and you have to kick, and then we can steal two possessions, as long as we don't have to kick when we get down there in the low red zone, that can be the the turn of the game. 
So I, I think all of, all of your critical cliches are cliches for a reason for this game, and they're all going to be applicable because this is two very talented teams that are playing each other, regardless of what they look like last week or, or the week before that. Yeah, and one of the things that helps Kansas City when they get down in the red zone is, generally speaking, they can force teams to kick uh, because their defense is talented, and when the field shrinks, it helps them. Uh, we'll see whether or not that actually plays into it this week. Uh, obviously it's going to be a little bit different because you're not in Denver and you don't have the thin air. I also think that wore out the defense being on the field as much as they were in the second half last week. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I feel pretty good that if they can do the, you know, win the turnover battle and score in the red zone and obviously hold Miami, which is going to be tough in the red zone, they're going to feel pretty good. But the other thing I would say is Andy Reid needs to figure out this week that he needs to be more aggressive. Uh, They got down to, I want to say the two yard line last week and kicked a field goal. Uh, instead of going for it on fourth down. Uh, now, maybe you don't get the points there, but, you know, seven there is a lot better than three. And it's when it's early in the game, yeah, it feels like you're chasing points, but going to get up against the Dolphins, you're probably going to have to do that a little bit. So that's something to watch as well. Yeah. Now, as far as a prediction for this game, I I want to pick Miami to win the game, but I need to know who is dressing on the offensive line before I could say so with any level of confidence. So you have potentially Tron Armstead coming back. If he does not, it would be Kendall Lamb at left tackle. He's been a rock solid swing tackle who stepped in 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 his absence, but he's not Tron Armstead. You have Connor Williams who's missed the last month and Mike McDaniel said he expects him to play, but Mike McDaniels also said he is optimistic for guys. And then they, they end up not playing on Sunday anyway. So is the, this sitting another game and then the bye like you mentioned with Armstead, do they end up doing that with Connor Williams with a soft tissue injury as well? And that's the other question is if he is able to play, how healthy is he going to be? Is he going right. to be able to be close to, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent, but can he be 80 or 90%? Right. If he can't be and, 80 or 90%, then why is he going to be out? I mean, I wouldn't think you'd want him out there. And then right tackle Robert Hunt had a hamstring issue in the first half against New England and did not return to the game. So you had backups at left guard center and right guard and your third string left tackle at one stage because Kendall Lamb went out for a possession with a, a lower body tweak. So it's like, Lord have mercy. Can we can we get the bodies up front? You're on O-line nine is playing in the game. So that for me is going to be the critical component to, I think if Miami gets Connor Williams, Robert Hunt back, and even if it's Kendall Lamb, I feel like they have a puncher's chance to win this football game. But if they're coming into the game and they're down and you got to block Chris Jones with O-line seven, eight, nine on the depth chart as your interior guys, I just don't think that formula is going to work. And I think Chris Jones would have the, the potential to, to wreck this game plan enough single-handedly to prevent Miami from having the consistency they need offensively to score enough points. And I have to ask a quick question along those lines. Do you think that there is a uh, aspect of – being able to punch Miami in the mouth and that kind of slows their offense down. Do you think that's been a problem in their losses that they've had? Uh, I, I, I definitely think the Buffalo game was punch per punch for the first 20 minutes, the first five possessions of the game, they traded touchdowns. Yep. Then at that stage, uh, Teron Armstead gets injured. Uh, the Dolphins shoot themselves in the foot with a couple penalties. And then they got completely away from the running game. And then they play against Philadelphia and Hassan Reddick off the edge, too much speed, and gets backfield penetration on the first couple possessions and kills the drives. And even though it was never more than a 14-point deficit in the first half, and it was a seven-point deficit at halftime, they got completely away from the running game again. So that that is another part of the, the offensive line health and availability is 
this team is still number one in running the football and a yards per carry and a, and a raw rushing yards basis, but they have not had success the last two weeks. And it's because the offensive linemen are down. So what's your formula to get the running game back going? I think if, if Miami can find some early success running the ball, I don't think it would be downhill. I think in this game, it would probably be trying to test the edge. Cause I know they got some big body guys that can play on the edge. So can you get leverage there and have speed out of the backfield to get outside? If they can do that, then I think you take away the ability to force Miami to be one-dimensional. But if you shut them down early, that has been a component that has played against Miami is they kind of get away from the running game too early. Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, when I look at the prediction for this game, uh, going into this game, if they were if they would have won against Denver, I probably would feel a lot better about this game than I do right now. Uh, I would love to say that I think Kansas City wins. I'm just not sure uh, at this point. You know, being down Willie Gay, it could be a huge loss for them in the middle of their defense. Uh, when their defense has been playing so well and to lose him could be a huge loss uh, with being down Nick Bolton already. Uh, you have a guy in Tranquil who got banged up last week, had to come back in after an injury. Obviously, he's still playing, but again, we go back to how healthy is he? Is he going to be able to play? And you talk about all the speed that Miami has. That's going to be a big issue if, if he can't go uh, 100%. That's, that'll be a big issue for this team. Right now, I, I still feel like Miami's probably playing better football. Whether or not it shows up on Sunday is going to be a big question. Uh, it's going to be, you know, can Kansas City's offense be consistent? If they yeah. can be consistent like they played against the Chargers, that's one thing. If they play anything like what they did in their losses, uh, that's a completely different issue, and you're going to have different. You're going to have huge problems against Miami's defense. Well, that's how you, I, I think you know you're you're primed for a really good game when both hosts here on Locked On come on the show. And they want to give the nod to the other team as compared to say, yeah, I'm, I host locked on Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to win the game. And I host locked on Chiefs and the Chiefs are going to win the game. Uh, the, the offensive matchup should be outstanding. Uh, I think Miami has a great opportunity to showcase full strength defensively what they have. Obviously, Kansas City, Hope I, I hope everybody that is able to play does play because you do want to test yourself against the best. And you know, for a, a young team in Miami that's coming up, you want to – you want to showcase yourself against what Kansas City's got. You don't want to come out of that game and say, "Oh, well, they had guys down, and that's, you know, that helped us win the game." Yeah, you never want to. You never hope for injuries, and you always hope for health for and to have the best games possible. So that's going to be it for us today, Kyle. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I'm guessing we're probably going to be start playing you guys a little bit more often than we have been, because I'm guessing you're going to be dealing with, uh, you know, first place teams in the AFC West and the AFC Please. East. We'll see. Please, you could sign me up for for one of these every single year. For the next 10 years and i'd sign on the dotted line and i'd take it right now but uh it was great talking with you chris and appreciate everybody who checked out crossover thursday make sure you check out all the shows that we have here on the locked on network we have an outstanding family of podcasts for every sports it's your team every day we don't just say it we live it and i uh, hope you guys enjoyed the game early on sunday check out locked on cheese for the aftermath if you're a cheese fan and check out lock on dolphins for the aftermath if you're a dolphins fan thanks all for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow